Welcome back to Immerse, Nourish, Release, the HANA podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Higgins, and I'm also the founder of HANA, a wellness space based in Auckland that provides infrared saunas, ice baths, and light therapy treatments, alongside a range of some of the best health and wellness beauty products. On today's Immerse episode, I am joined by a returning guest, our good friend, holistic nutritionist and naturopath, Shaz Andrew talk about how to take a holistic approach toward a topic which now affects a staggering amount of people all over the world, anxiety. Let's get started. Shaz, welcome back. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to have you back on the podcast again. We had a great chat the first time around about detox, so. Yeah, <laughs> it was good, yeah. Can you tell us, um, I guess we can start by, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what anxiety is and how common it has now become around the world? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really common. It's one of the most common conditions or disorders of mental health. And I think the statistic in New Zealand says one in four people will experience anxiety at some point in their lives but I would I would probably say there's a lot of undiagnosed anxiety out there um particularly in the last few years I, f- I feel like through my you know working with people and practice probably nearly I don't know every second client has um, mentioned anxiety and I think a lot of people just possibly live with it and don't even know what it is that they're experiencing so yeah, it is. It's a. It's really debilitating. It's. It's. Um. I think yeah, really hard to deal with and can cause a lot of suffering and a re- reduced life satisfaction. So, um. Yeah, it can be really tough for people to experience anxiety. And I think you asked, what is anxiety? I think it affects different people differently. And there's you know different categories of anxiety. You've got generalized anxiety disorder. You've got certain phobias or obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder. So yeah, different categories and different triggers for people's anxiety. But yeah, I guess what it is, is a a feeling of um, unease, um, nervousness, nervous energy. Um, There are a whole lot of different symptoms you can experience when you have anxiety Um, that can affect all different systems of the body. And it's not just a a mental thing um you might have heart your heartbeat you know heart rate goes up you might be sweating you might be trembling some people experience gastrointestinal symptoms like um they might need to go to the toilet um and yeah nervousness irritability um um, difficulty concentrating, a feeling of, I guess it's a, it's a feeling of fear, a fear of the unknown, a fear of the future um, that will often trigger anxiety. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it manifests in different ways for different people. So I suppose a question I'd love to ask now, knowing a bit more about the symptoms that people can experience, um, and obviously, as you mentioned, that can be different for different people and it is quite complex, um, but what are the, some of the main causes that you come across most when working with clients with anxiety? So can, like the conventional medical model or approach to anxiety is that it's related to a neurotransmitter imbalance, um, which is really simplifying um, the, whole, the whole picture, I think. Um, 
So, you know, there's suggestions around there not being enough of certain neurotransmitters in the brain and being too too much of other ones. Um, like, for example, glutamate, which is an excitatory neurotransmitter, which kind of like, you know, excites you and stimulates your brain. That one, um, you know, they suggestions around it being high and then not being enough of the more inhibitory neurotransmitter GABA. So yeah, a lot of, you know, pharmaceuticals are targeting those neurotransmitters and the pathways and trying to increase the inhibitory ones and reduce the excitatory ones. And also there's suggestions around serotonin, which is also implicated in depression. So not enough serotonin or not enough dopamine is another kind of idea around the cause of anxiety. Certainly that those are factors and yeah, your neurotransmitters are definitely out of balance, I would say, when you have anxiety. But kind of the root cause is more like, well, why? Why are they out of balance? I feel like, you know, with pharmaceuticals, they can be really, really effective, but also they're just sort of masking the problem. You know, you're putting a Band-Aid on a deeper issue. So one of the, you know, one thing that we I think Hannah have actually mentioned quite a bit through their social media feed is, is the gut-brain connection. Uh, you're making quite a, quite a lot of your neurotransmitters in your gut. I think 80% of serotonin is made in the gut. So if there is an imbalance there, you're not going to be producing the right levels of those brain chemicals and, you know, that's going to affect the balance. Also with the gut, you know, if there's an imbalance in the bacterial composition, you're also going to experience potentially some inflammation in the gut and inflammation in the body through sort of um, leaky um, membranes in the gut, So, um, which is what we um, refer to as intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So yeah, that inflammation is a big factor in all kinds of mental health issues. There's loads of evidence coming out about the link between inflammation and depression and inflammation and anxiety. So yeah, you know, if something's going to inflame your gut, it's potentially going to inflame your brain and um, affect the neurons and affect the neurotransmitters and that kind of thing. The gut also, you know, is where you absorb so much of your beneficial nutrients that are involved in the production of neurotransmitters. So if your gut is, you know, leaky or if it's um, not functioning optimally, you're not going to get the, the goodness from what you're eating. And then that brings me to the next thing. So the next cause, I guess, would be nutritional deficiencies. You know, that typical Western-style diet, um, high in refined carbs, high in refined sugar, inflammatory, inflammatory seed oils like your canola oil, your um, sunflower, safflower, soybean, those, those oils are going to inflame your body and inflame your brain. And that just that general diet is is lacking in nutrients. It's a nutrient deplete diet as as the Western style diet. So, yeah, there's a lot of people out there with um, disorders affecting their mental health and um, just not eating well to support that. So I'd be looking at boosting. You know, I mean, this we'll probably discuss this later on what you can do for anxiety. But yeah, I guess boosting those nutrients in your diet would be hugely beneficial. What else? I think, yeah, just in inflammation in general is a big one. Yeah, so in terms of the clients that you are seeing with anxiety, what would be the most common out of what you've just talked about that you think is causing the anxiety? I think a, a mix of the gut problems and the um, 
nutrient deficiencies would be huge. And also a lot of the clients that I see in my practice are women. Anxiety is, is a lot more common in women. Um, and it's a lot more common during different phases of the menstrual cycle. So um, often if it's, it can be, there's, there's also this link to histamine, which um, is a whole whole other discussion. But, um, but you know, when, when you're in that kind of second phase of your cycle and your estrogen rises, and that can often um, trigger a lot more anxiety if it is related to histamine. So yeah, hormones are hormones are a big factor as well. So that because they affect the brain as well. So yeah, so you sort of started to touch on um, how you know how to support someone with anxiety. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah. let's delve into that a bit deeper. Um, so if anyone listening now is probably a good time to grab um, a pen and paper because I'm sure you want to make some notes. Is it okay if I just add one more thing to the other? So um, what I actually missed, which is a huge one, is the HPA axis dysfunction or dysregulation. So your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is a series of glands in the brain and body that um, respond to stress. And they do that by releasing hormones. That whole cascade of, you know, the hormones being released is, is designed to enable you to escape from threat. So, you know, when, when there's a stressor, like a lion and, the, you know, you're going to be attacked by a lion or something, that's meant to kind of switch on to, to get the blood, the glucose and blood into your muscles, to get your heart rate up, to help you escape threat. But, you know, the, li- the lifestyles that many of us um, are living now, that pathway is being activated a lot more than what it should be. Um, you know, deadlines at work or um, relationship issues or financial issues. These these things are just constant stresses that are um, causing that system to, to become out of balance, basically. And when your HPA axis isn't working the way it should, you're going to be more inflamed. Um, you're going to, it's going to affect your gut. Yeah, so it's all kind of interlinked there. Yeah, I think stress would be one of the biggest causes. Yeah, I know that the sort of what I've been quite fortunate, I don't suffer from anxiety generally, but the one time in my life that I have experienced anxiety, it was in a heavy, heavy period of stress at a job that I was at at the time. And yeah, it wasn't very pleasant. So you do really feel for the people that are experiencing that a lot of their, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah, and it's it's hard to kind of, compare some what your anxiety with someone else's anxiety because that perceived stress is going to be different like what I perceive as stressful is going to be totally different to you and yeah so that kind of the triggers for your anxiety will depend on like your upbringing or like um that kind of stuff so yeah genetics is a huge one too um, as to whether you're gonna you know be more prone to anxiety you often see families where you know everyone in the family is suffering from anxiety <laughs> yeah yeah it's certainly a big topic isn't it yeah <laughs> um so yeah let's hop back to um suggestions that you have of supporting people with anxiety or how do people support themselves if they suffer from anxiety yeah so let's just start with diet because we were already kind of there um trying to you know get rid of those inflammatory foods or or lower the you know the intake of inflammatory foods the seed oils the um sugar the refined carbs 
processed food, packaged food, things with E numbers, things with um, unknown ingredients. So yeah, getting getting that those foods down to lower inflammation, um, but also helping to regulate your blood sugars because that kind of you know reaching for a chocolate bar reaching for an energy drink that is causing these kind of spikes and plummeting blood sugar levels so that's you know that's really inflammatory that affects mental health and that affects your energy yeah so opting for more of a whole foods based diet so um unrefined grains um root vegetables, eating enough protein with every meal is a big one. Protein provides you with the amino acids that your body requires to produce its neurotransmitters, its, its dopamine, its serotonin, its GABA. So, you know, if you're not getting enough protein in your diet, you're going to be affected there. Um, and a lot of the protein-rich foods are also high in zinc, which you need. They're high, you know, they contain the B vitamins that you need, the B12, that kind of thing. So, yeah, making sure you've got about a palm-sized portion of protein with every main meal is really important. Um, healthy fats, the omega-3 fatty acids um, that you get from eating fatty fish, salmon, sardines, um, egg yolk, quality egg yolk from pasture-raised hens, um, even red meat, you know, if you're getting quality red meat from pasture-raised cows, you're getting a dose of that omega-3 through that as well, um, as well as the B12, as well as the zinc. And if you can, if you can stomach it, organ meats. Organ meats are so nutrient-dense, especially liver, you know, if you can have either um, eat liver or use um, desiccated liver capsules, your not only boosting your nutrient density, but you're supporting methylation, which is what you, um, it's a pathway that basically produces the, helps to produce or activate the neurotransmitters in the brain. So yeah, that's a bit about diet. Yeah. And you know, vitamin D as well. So either getting that through food or a mix of through food and sunshine. Sunshine is the best source of vitamin D um, of course you know don't go and bake yourself in the sun all day in summer but definitely exposing your skin to sun you know three four five times a week if you can and over winter looking at supplementation or eating more vitamin D rich foods things like cod liver oil organ meats um, fatty fish contain some vitamin D so that's I think that probably summarizes diet I may come back to that if I think of something else with with you know with the gut and with inflammation you know lowering your stress levels will be huge so trying to adopt practices in your life that um, help to lower or balance your stress manage your stress that varies from person to person for some people it's meeting with their friends and having a chat about what's happening in their lives for, for someone else it might be going out in nature and going for a walk in the forest or you know grounding or earthing their feet in the sand um, or in the earth there's there's a study I found the other day about forest bathing um, and anxiety and stress and how how hugely beneficial it can be to just go out into the forest or go out into a natural sitting somewhere um, and basically just let your senses 
become alive and absorb what's going on around you. So tune into the sounds, tune into the smells, you know, the, the feeling of your feet on the ground and just be like more and more present being in that natural environment. And yeah, meditation, yoga, all those practices that help to center the mind and help it, you know, focus on on one one thing rather than everything else. Just on that meditation um, note, Hmm. So I know that a lot of people are already familiar with meditation or how to do it hmm. and what it is, but there's probably some people that are resistant to trying it because they think it's too hard or they think they can't do it. So can you just talk a little bit about like the easiest way to get into a meditation practice if you've never had one before? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think there's this misconception that when you meditate, your mind is completely silent and um, there are no thoughts. And um, a lot of my clients have, have said to me, I can't meditate because I can't silence my mind. Well, that's, you know, a monk that has been meditating for 10 hours a day and lives in the Himalayas, like that's what they can do. What What we can do is just to keep coming back to the senses, the feeling in our body or the feeling of our breath. Um, every time a thought arises while you're meditating, you know, instead of feeling shame or um, feeling like you've failed in some way, trying your best to just bring your bring your mind or your attention back to, to focus on one sensation or one, one breath. Even just a single conscious breath is, is going to be hugely beneficial to your to your mental state. And I think with meditation, you know, there's also this idea of like, you've got to sit cross-legged, you have to be, it has to be completely quiet for you to meditate. Um, there are so many different styles of meditation. You can lie down, you can get comfortable. Um, you know, restorative yoga is a, is a wonderful way of getting into meditation. That's where you just place cushions and and um, bolsters and you just kind of bolster up your body and make it really really comfortable so that you're not you know in any kind of discomfort and then you can really tune into your breath and your body from there so yeah like it, you don't have to be cross-legged you don't have to be still you can you can even meditate when you're walking you can meditate when you're yeah when you're walking so yeah having a bit more fluidity around what what is meditation the one that I really enjoy is to just lie down feet flat on the earth knees bent put my one hand on my belly one hand on my chest and as I breathe feel the movement of those two two areas as the breath enters and leaves and just be with that feeling you know and then a thought comes up you know what's for dinner what's happening later on I've got to do this for work and you just observe the thought and then come back to the feeling of, of the movement or the feeling of your breath yeah definitely um definitely helps if you can just give it a go and yeah I think most people find that if they can commit to some sort of regular meditation practice they notice the benefits for sure yeah and you know chant you know chanting not necessarily in Sanskrit but um, repeating a word or some words that resonate with you and just um, kind of sitting in stillness and you know sitting and repeating those words can be really helpful 
yoga is a great gateway to, you know, pathway to meditation, I think, because it is kind of like a movement meditation. So you connect the breath with the movement and then you slowly kind of go deeper into that. And then diaphragmatic, but trying to practice some diaphragmatic breathing every day if you can, even if it's one minute of belly breathing. Um, there, I know there are loads of different styles of breath breath work out there, but the main, the key thing is to extend the length of your exhale breath. By extending your exhale breath, you are you're engaging the vagus nerve, you're stimulating the parasympathetic nervous system. And you're just bringing your whole nervous system into that kind of slow, calm, rest and digest. And by, you know, boosting up your parasympathetic nervous system, you're reducing that stress, that fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. So, And so what other areas do you work on with your clients? So we've talked about diet, obviously, and then bringing down the stress and how you can do that. But what else? do you recommend to help reduce anxiety? If it's, you know, if it is, a, if they do see a link to certain phases of the menstrual cycle, I might work on, if, if I think, if I suspect it's a histamine issue, I would definitely look at working on um, lowering those histamine foods. So um, potentially, you know, getting rid of um, aged foods, preserved foods, fermented foods, just for a period of time to, to see if that improves their symptoms. Often anything related to histamine is also to do with the gut. So we work on gut microbiome balance. So increasing the you know the amount of plant foods in the diet, increasing vegetables to provide the prebiotics to feed the beneficial bacteria in the gut, using certain probiotics that support kind of a reconditioning of the gut. Not all probiotics out there are even going to make it to your gut. A lot of them um, are killed off by stomach acid. So yeah, trying to get some quality probiotics and prebiotic rich foods and doing gut healing for sure is, is, a, is a huge step there as well. So gut healing with slow cooked meats, bone broth, foods that are going to provide the amino acids for the gut to heal. Yeah, mind-body practices, time and nature, and, you know, supplementation as well. Because anxiety is so, such a debilitating condition, and it can just, yeah, affect you, affect your work, it can affect your family life. So a period of supplementation could be really beneficial. So things like magnesium, magnesium supports the conversion of glutamate to GABA, so that excitatory to inhibitory neurotransmitter, so that's going to help there. It also relaxes your muscles. It helps to relieve tension in the body, which also improves um, the feeling of calm in your mind. A really good quality B-complex for a period of time. When you're, when you're stressed, you're churning through a lot of nutrients. So yeah, stressed and anxious, you're going to um, need a bit more for a period of time and also those B vitamins are going to support that methylation cycle and the neurotransmitters in the brain yeah omega-3 fatty acids if someone's not eating fish or they're not you know they're not having that in their diet looking at increasing those yeah there's a lot there are a lot of herbs that can provide um, relief during periods of anxiety and I know that that does seem like it might be a band-aid but if it's gonna help someone get through a really hard period I found with a lot of my clients giving them herbs to support their anxiety or herbs 
to support a condition that they're dealing with actually gives them more energy or it might make them feel better and then they're more likely to start exercising for example which again that's another really good one for anxiety is physical activity so yeah and then when you exercise more you might want to then add a meditation to your day or you know so that kind of can be again like a pathway to um, a more well-rounded yeah lifestyle change yeah, so um, yeah, exercise is huge as well. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot um, of ways that you can support yourself if you are suffering from anxiety. So yeah, I guess on that note, that's a good place to bring in. Um, yeah, if you are listening and you're keen to support yourself holistically, then maybe Shaz, you can tell us how you know our listeners can find you and maybe read a bit more about what we've talked about. Yeah, um, I'm I'm seeing clients on Zoom because I'm living um, out of Auckland now. So I just see my clients um, remotely through Zoom and I'm available on my website, um, naturalhealingcompany.org. And um, you can follow me on Instagram. I do share um, recipes and um, ideas of, of ways to look after your body and mind. Yeah. Perfect. And yeah, obviously as well, we um, have covered anxiety as a topic on our socials, which you can find through our Instagram, hana.space.nz. And then obviously on our website, we've got some informational journal posts that Shaz has written for us. So that's hana.nz. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Shaz. It's been really nice to have you on the podcast again. Thanks so much. And I'm sure we'll have you on again with another topic in the near future sounds great if you are interested in any of our treatments products or information shared today on this episode you can find us online at www.hana.nz or via our instagram at hana.space.nz if you like this episode and you want to keep up to date with all things hana please make sure to hit subscribe give us a rating and share with your friends online